Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent, a spiritual home that welcomes all of goodwill. May you leave your daily burdens at the door, open your minds and hearts, and be fully present for this time of fellowship and spiritual re-energizing. I'm Reverend Christy Anderson, an ordained interfaith minister and today's worship associate. Our worship leader is music director Hal Walker. We're thrilled to have a host of talented musicians from the UUCK Peace Choir, the UUCK Tone Chimers, and the Fallow Time Folk Orchestra. chalice shine all through our lives. May our chalice shine all through the night. May our hearts be open and may our minds be still. May our truth be spoken. And may our lives fulfill this promise, this promise of peace, this promise of peace, this promise of peace, this promise of for today's worship service is peace. This topic is timely, as next weekend is the anniversary of the May 4th, 1970 shootings at Kent State University. During the Vietnam War era, there were hundreds of anti-war and peace songs written. None were as powerful as Neil Young's Ohio, with its haunting refrain, Four Dead in Ohio. Young read about the shooting in a Life magazine feature article published soon after the tragedy. Within several hours after seeing the horrific images, Young had gathered his bandmates and composed the song. They recorded the heartfelt song in just a few takes, with David Crosby finishing the session in tears. The band insisted that the song be released immediately, despite protests from their agent, who was concerned that it would compete against another song of the band's that was climbing the charts. 
major AM radio stations banned the song due to its criticism of President Nixon. But as pop culture historian David Bianculi states, the song became the voice of solidarity and outrage. It wasn't just a pop song, it permeated the public consciousness. Music reflects and shapes our quest for peace and justice in a troubled world. The emotional power of music also feeds our personal inner peace, a necessary place of respite. As the words from our closing song, Woven Together, urge us, through torments and struggle, may we find our strength through song. Come, let us worship together as we musically celebrate peace, both the restorative inner peace of the individual and the dream of peace for our collective humanity.
Let's read the, cov the Congregational Covenant together. We affirm that each life has brilliance, and when joined with others in joyful community, has the power to transform. We pledge ourselves and our resources to this journey. This covenant inspires and challenges us to dwell together in right relationship. We promise to extend hospitality, nurture community for all ages, encourage spiritual growth, honor diversity, and practice kindness. Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, mother of houses, no caravan of despair. Come, yet Let's begin with this side. the time for all ages. Do we have any people of all ages here? <laughs> oh, good. When my daughter Hallie and her friends were very young, as passengers in the back seat of my car, they made a game out of trying to get a peace sign from the cars passing by on the highway or stopped next to us at a stoplight. They would put up their little peace signs up to the window and wait for a reaction from the fellow travelers. There was always that moment of anticipation and fear, that not knowing what the response from strangers might be. Whenever they'd get a peace sign back, the tension was released with an explosion of cheers. Yay, we got a peace sign. <laughs> for a moment, something shifted in the world. We witnessed peace between strangers. As Hallie and her friends moved out of their undeniably cute phase, <laughs> the game became scarier and eventually faded into childhood history. On our drives, I continued to encourage Hallie to go in search of a peace sign, but she'd always say, no, Daddy, it's too scary. I can relate. As an adult waiting at a stoplight, I avoid all contact with the people in the cars next to me. In fact, if I'm ever caught accidentally look at, looking at someone for a moment, I quickly look away. At my age, in this day and age, the thought of putting up a peace sign is just too radical. But I ask myself, how else can I create peace in the world? Where else can I put that metaphorical peace sign up to the window? I gotta tell you, I have my challenges, but I live a life of luxury. 
I live all by myself in a big mansion over on South Chestnut Street. Besides the constant ringing in my ears, it's very quiet and very peaceful there. I've got my own peaceful vegetable garden, my own peaceful yoga room, and even my own peaceful float tank, a lightless, soundproof, sensory deprivation tank filled with skin temperature salt water. Any sign of stress, and I can jump right into that womb of comfort and find a little peace. But I know that peace is so much more than my own comfort. Peace happens in relationship. Creating peace in the world means getting out of the float tank, making connections, tending friendships, and building community. For a guy like me, it's not easy. I have an old friend that I've admired and respected for almost 20 years now. Like many of my old friends, we don't get together as much as we should. Somehow, it's just, not, it's just easier not to call. I mean, what are we going to talk about anyway? So last week, I gave Michael a call. I put that peace sign up to the window, and he responded. It turns out on Monday, he was getting his car worked on, so we made plans for me to pick him up at the auto shop and to go out for coffee. When the day arrived, I woke up with the thought, oh, I don't want to go. I've got too much work to do, and anyway, I don't feel very well. I'd rather just take a nice float. On the way to the auto shop, I experienced that nervous anticipation of the unknown, that prehistoric thought that there's something to be afraid of in the world. But I was committed to making the appointment, and I just kept driving forward. When I got to the auto shop, I could see my friend through the window. I walked into the waiting room, and with the touch of our hands, the friendly smile between us, and the simple hello, something shifted in the world. Two brothers were connecting, and there was peace. The choirs broke out and sang, En la que, a la keen. I am another you, and you are another me. We are of the same tribe. You are safe, and we need each other. Thank you for your attention, Michael, your caring, and your honesty. I know it's not easy, but I want you to know that I'm on your side. Now, here's my sign of peace, and I'm just going to wait here to see what happens. <laughs> Yay, I got a peace sign. <laughs> easy. <laughs> Michael and I drove to Scribbles, and we spent a beautiful and peaceful hour with each other. Now I believe we will sing the children to their classes. It goes like this. You've got the light of love inside you.
An honored tradition of this church is a period of shared silence in order to provide an opportunity for personal prayer, meditation, and reflection. I invite you now to enter into a few moments of meaningful silence. Let us enter into a time of prayer. We open our hearts to the divine, the wondrous source of life and love. Many burdens lay heavy upon our hearts. Some among us are experiencing personal challenges. Many of us are feeling great despair as we contemplate ongoing news of suffering and injustice. At times, these burdens cast a shadow of melancholy. Our drained spirits cry out for wholeness. O spirit of love, whisper sweet reminders, calling on us to take time to be charitable with ourselves. O spirit of life, walk beside us so that we may be fully present to the blessings that abound this spring season. With hearts open to life and love, may we each take the actions necessary to nurture renewal, a renewal of such proportions that it bestows an inner peace and a reservoir of strength for the work of justice. May it be so. Amen. Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other.
Mohandas Gandhi says, when I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love has always won. There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time they seem invincible, but in the end they always fall. Think of it, always.
And the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, true peace is not merely the absence of tension, it is the presence of justice.
I neglected to list in the order of service that our violinist this morning was Shirley Kiernan. So. <laughs> If you've ever been in a demonstration or a protest, you know that peace activism and sing-along protest songs go hand in hand. Now, empirical evidence confirms the important and critical function of collective singing, commonly known as sing-alongs, in the survival and success of social movements. The website Music and Arts in Action published the summary of a dissertation by Dr. Geneve Brooks. Her dissertation reported on the studies examining the impact of collective singing by peace activists at protests. The research included interviews with well-known musicians and leaders of peace activism. One of the research findings confirms a statement offered by Peter Yarrow of the trio Peter, Paul, and Mary. He stressed the power of emotional feeling in motivating members of a social action group. He explains, music goes beyond the intellect. If I sing from what I'm feeling, it's a language unto itself. And when you put the various emotions together, they slip right through the cracks and under your ribs and get right in your heart. Music of conscience, music of concern, and music of protest and affirmation can absolutely coalesce the determination of people to go and do something. For an activist in the study named Amanda, the singing of traditional songs can make one feel part of an enduring history. She explains, when you sing songs that go further back, all of a sudden, you're connected to oppressed groups from the past. That's a very profound thing. It's a source of strength, that it goes back so far and runs so deep. And here you are a part of it, singing it again, reinterpreting it. A peace activist named Anna offered another benefit of singing together. When I was in Israel, we sang as we were going to the border crossing. Pat Humphrey's song, Peace, Salam, Shalom, was very simple but there was something about it that you could feel disarming your heart and trying to de-escalate the tension just in singing those words. Anecdotes shared by some interviewed supported the evidence that singing together builds resilience. There's nothing like being arrested in silence as opposed to a whole bunch of people singing a song that you know is meant to support you as you're being put in the back of a police wagon. Singing together just shifts the balance of power, or at least in our minds, for a moment. Activist Joanne continues, they may be arresting people and they control the environment, but you have the power to cover over that with words and music that give you back your own sense of justice and liberty. Activist Matt adds, there's something about being in a jail cell and hearing music echoing through the halls from someone in another jail cell. It's not only that you know you're not alone, there's something that transcends space when that happens. Dr. Brooke is convinced that group sing-alongs have helped to mobilize US peace activism from the Vietnam era to the Afghanistan-Iraq era. She confirms two reasons for this. First. Public sing-alongs aid in the recruitment of supporters 
from broader peace and justice circles through the use of songs with lyrics having universal appeal. Second, collective singing strengthens the bonding and resilience of activists through its emotional appeal. Yet despite this power, she's concerned about the future use of collective singing. The tradition of sing-alongs is declining on college campuses. More significantly, the shared experience of listening to the same songs on the radio has been lost with the ability of listeners to select from a plethora of diverse online music. And some peace activists report being tired of singing the traditional songs. As an activist named Jim noted, if I have to sing this little light of mine one more time, I'm out, that's it. I may join the military, he said laughing. <laughs> the author hopes for the rise in popularity of contemporary activism-oriented songwriters like Pat Humphreys, who, she says, was repeatedly lifted up by those she interviewed, including Pete Seeger. Pat Humphreys, of the duo Emma's Revolution is a Unitarian Universalist who was born and raised just outside of Kent and attended Kent State University. Let us give thanks for songwriters within our UU denomination who are addressing contemporary social challenges. Songwriters that include Holly Near, Jim Scott, and Pat Humphreys. And let us offer gratitude for the music ministry of this church which includes Saunas Parsons' Sacred Song Circle and her monthly community sing-along, and Hal Walker's meaningful songwriting and moving performances, in addition to his musical direction. I conclude with words from activist and singer-songwriter Yasay Barnwell, who was a longtime member of Sweet Honey in the Rock. And by the way, she's a Unitarian Universalist and is the featured theme speaker at Summer Institute this July. Dr. Bon Barnwell hails the power of collective singing for justice with these words. There is an awesome power in the human voice and when uncommon voices are blended for the common good, they become a vocal community at its best.
It is with gratitude that we now accept your gifts for this vibrant community. you to rise as you're in body or in spirit to read together the responsive reading number 577 I'll, re I'll read the bold print and you may respond with the italics if someone with courage and vision can rise to lead in nonviolent action the winter of despair can in the twinkling of an eye be turned into the summer of hope Nonviolence is not a garment to put on and off at will. Its seat is in the heart, 
And it must be an inseparable part of our being. Nonviolence, which is a quality of the heart, cannot come by an appeal to the brain. It is a plant of slow growth, growing imperceptibly, but surely. If a single person achieves the highest kind of love, it will be sufficient to neutralize the hate of millions. If we are to reach real peace in this world, and if we are to carry on a real war against war, we shall have to begin with the children. The future depends on what we do in the present. And you may be seated.
invite you to join together in the extinguishing of the chalice. The words are found in your order of service. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. May we carry these in our hearts and minds until we are together again. May you breathe in peace and may you breathe out love.